Hey everybody, hope you're doing good. Yeah. Uh, today we're talking about what I learned growing up broke. And <laughs> it's kind of from my perspective and some lessons I learned, but um, yeah, I mean, you guys didn't grow up broke. I mean, it's super subjective. Well, and I that, think we that is get super that out, subjective. But. I mean, one of the main distinctions I think between your family and my family is that your dad was out of work from a work injury for so long. Yeah. Um, Which and, that's the main season I'm talking about. Like yeah. it wasn't like all of my childhood we were broke, but there was a window of probably five plus years where mm-hmm. he was out of work because of an injury. My mom's working as much as she can trying to cover, but it was right. just really tight for yeah. a while, you know? And we, I mean, it, it was tight in our family as well. I mean, I'm, we can't compare really. I, I don't want I don't know what the numbers oh, were. Oh, yeah, was it as tight as it was in ours? <laughs> were you as broke as us? But, I mean, it definitely always felt tight. We did always eat dinner together. My dad was a meat and potatoes guy, and my mom happily obliged. So can we tell so, them about um, when you guys went what? to get fast food? Oh, my gosh. Got <laughs> I don't know if this is because you were, were broke. There were six of us. I don't know if it's because we were broke either. But actually, now that we have kids, I understand a little bit more. You're like, you need to tell them what it is. Oh, gosh. So when we would go, I mean, we did not eat out. I mean, very often at all, like maybe once every couple of months. It was very rare. And we would go and it'd be like, we're all, we're going on a road trip. So we're going to go eat out on the road trip, you know, type of thing. And I remember it was a, my, my younger sister and I, we were the younger ones and we would sit all the way in the back of the van. And, uh, so it was three rows, you know, so we'd be in the third row and my dad would order, <laughs> he would order, order burgers for everybody, which was nice. We all had to split a fry and then he would order one large soda for the whole van to share, for all six of us With to no share. no ice. No ice, because he wanted more soda. <laughs> so it would be no ice, and he would always get a flavor that I didn't like. Like, I didn't like root beer or orange soda, and he would always get one of those. Mid-talk I was like, chip. we can't have, we can't have, like, Coke or, you know, I, I just wanted, like, the regular soda Sprite. And he was like, nope, root beer. He was the only one that <laughs> They liked root beer. So, but what would happen is he'd eat his burger. Him and my mom would eat their burger. Great. And then they'd pass the soda back to my, drink the soda as they wanted, pass the soda back to the middle row, which would be my older siblings. They'd get to drink whatever they want. And then me and my younger sister just got, you know, maybe an inch left at the bottom of the cup of everybody's backwash. It was like, you can't order two, like, we can't even order two sodas, like... This is crazy town. Your dad was very frugal. He was extremely frugal, but in a way that, well, he grew up, I should say, he grew up during the Depression. Or not, he didn't. His parents grew up during the Depression, and they really instilled the values in him of do not waste anything. Yeah. Don't waste a thing. So, you know, I remember his famous line would be like, somebody's got to eat it. But so he (laughs) would just get leftovers out of the fridge, and somebody's got to eat it. Yeah. It's like somebody's got to eat the rest of that cheesecake. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Dad. He's like, waste not one. <laughs> so, I'm like, you ate two thirds of a cheesecake on the second day. I don't think that this counts. Yeah. But anyway, um, so yeah, he was very frugal. I, I, you know, I don't know how broke we were, but but sometimes it felt <laughs> it felt like we. we we were living in the depression a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Anyway, on a less, you know, hilarious note, I guess, 
Like one of my distinct Let's bring it back down. One of my distinct memories as a child was um, we had this old Ford Escort. And anybody doesn't know, it's just a tiny little four cylinder Ford car. And yeah. I I was sitting in the passenger seat. I'm guessing I was nine or something. I don't know. My dad was driving. Our windows are down because the AC wasn't working in it. Mm. Uh, and I think this was during that season when he was out of work and we were just, things were getting Strapped. really tight. Yeah. yeah. And um, we're on this busy road and he's driving. He pulls up to a stoplight. We're, you know, behind one or two cars and the light turns green. And then, and I think it was an auto or a manual and he puts it into gear and like, even as a eight or nine year old, like it made a sound that's like, <laughs> mm, I don't think that's good. Oh boy. And, uh, and so then the two cars in front of him start driving cause the light's green and he's in there trying to get it into gear and it's not getting into gear. And again, all the windows are down and, um, the car behind him starts honking mm. and, um, and anyway, and I, I just remember his face. I remember the feeling in that moment, um, you know, cause the car started honking and he's like trying to do everything he can. And like, and I, looking back, I can see all the pressure built up on him, um, right. being out of work, trying to provide for your family, trying to do everything you can and being just in a really tough spot. Um, well, probably and, feeling embarrassed because yeah, all the stuff. Yeah. That, like that's like, just I not, I can imagine that was not you know, his heart. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it not like he was choice. this lazy guy. No, he was always yeah. a hard worker. He, was he taught very me so much worker. about yeah. working hard. It was just a bad hand that mm-hmm. he had been dealt, you know? Yeah. And so we're sitting there, and I remember also there was a kid, you know, right outside the window on the sidewalk, um, just a little bit older than me on his bike. And um, and as my dad's trying to get this car moving and working, the kid uh, yells to the car behind him. He's like, oh, mister he stalled like basically saying like quit honking at him dude like he's trying you know he's not asleep at the wheel you know and um and anyway yeah and it was just it was just one of those moments that i will never forget because i remember thinking my dad was a blue collar worker and so when he's out of work he doesn't get paid it's not Mm -hmm. like he's got some program there um that's going to cover him and so and on top of that those years all those years of him being out of work uh, trying to survive that. But then once you get, once he does get work, it's like now we got to clean up the mess from the previous years and dig out of all that debt and all that different stuff. Which I feel like we've been there and that's just, it's hard. Because yeah. even though it's like things are looking up, it, it's, it's a not. long road, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, because yeah, it's like you feels can like it see takes a while. up the hill. But um, so anyway, all that to say, like, uh, you know, there are some of you listening who you're like, that was like one of the best days of my financial youth, yeah. you know, like, and there's some of you who it's just a wide range of all of us. And, and it's all relative of what broke looks like for us. And this mm-hmm. was my world. And, um, and again, like, so I understand that I'm not claiming to say that, you know, we had it terrible. Like we were middle class and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we didn't go through any really, really challenging things. Like we didn't get kicked out of our house. Like we were able yeah. to keep our house and uh, and a lot of those things. But again, I, I want to just take, because it is my experience, just share my experience, some of the lessons that I learned from that season mm. and kind of growing up out of all that. Yeah. Okay. And so the first one is that you have to remember that someone always has it worse. Yeah. Okay. And so in this case, you know, it's easy to, you know, for me as a kid, how this affected me was that a lot of my friends uh, would get to buy this shoe or get to buy oh, yeah. these types of shorts or whatever, and I didn't. And um, and in a school that was particularly materialistic, I would say, um, mm-hmm. you know, it just makes it hard, you know, because yeah. as a kid, all you want to do is fit in. And 
And you can't because you don't have the thing. Yeah. And it's like, in hindsight, I'm like, that, that was good for me. That made me stronger. Um, but totally. it doesn't make it easy, you know? Right. And, and anyway, one of the things in that, one of the lessons I learned in that season was that, yeah, if there are people who are way worse than me. And so focusing uh, my attention on the blessings that we have mm-hmm. and how good we have it rather than, uh, you know, the one or two things that I'm not getting that I would love to have, it just yeah. really helps a lot, you yeah. know? And just as a reminder for all of you listening, anyone listening, uh, like the fact is, is that you're probably richer than 90% of the entire world. It's fascinating. And quite possibly 95, 99%. Like Mm. being a one percenter in the entire world is not that high of a salary. I think it's like maybe $60,000 a year or something. And then you are a one percenter, you know? And so um, if you have a household income of $20,000 per year. Okay. Household income, $20,000 per year. That puts you in the top 90% of the entire world. Oh my goodness. So, uh, you know, most of us would be like, that's a terrible salary. That's $10 an hour working 40 hours a week. I don't even know what minimum wage is right now, but wow. But the point is, is that most of us, you know, I know most of our audience listening to this is in the U.S. or, you know, in Canada, U.K., Australia, somewhere. And uh, all of us are doing better than mm. than I think we can, um, than we forget sometimes, you know. Yeah. So. I, I like that. Just remembering how fortunate you are and also just like that count your blessings counting your blessings gosh like i just think because we live in a world where somebody else always has it better you know i i was talking to or i was actually listening to a friend talk about empathy just last week and she was saying that she has people that she looks at them and goes, gosh, it must be nice for them to da 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 fill in the blank. And she had all, you know, she's got a list. And I thought, I bet people think that about me. Like I, I sat there and I was like, I bet she thinks this about me. She had a husband who was a musician that traveled for 10 years, all while she was being the breadwinner for her family and uh, having babies. And she, I was like, I bet she thinks that about me. But what's funny about that is that I think it about her. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm like, it's just fascinating how in our culture we we think someone else always has it better. But really, we should be focusing on like the blessings that we do have. Yeah. And I think that's what's hard is it's really hard to just sit and be thankful for what we already have. Like yeah. we have to really be intentional to do that, don't you think? Yeah. Focusing on um, how good we have it, but at mm-hmm. the same time focusing on the fact that there's always somebody who has it worse. Yeah. In which, yeah, that just, it, for me, it just reframes it and just helps mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. yeah. So second thing on my list, second lesson that I learned is that it costs more to be broke. Mm-hmm. And this is, it's not fair, but it's just a fact. Okay, so I remember working at a bank when I was about 20, 21. And man, another distinct memory. Our branch manager uh, coming out of his office, smiling, like bopping around. I do not like the story. And (laughs) No, I don't either. But basically, he's like bragging to me about this one client who had overdrafted like week after week after week. And he's like, yeah, Bob, we've made over $700 on him um, this year. And I'm like, 
like like you're happy about that like you're, you're excited you're not trying to help him manage his money better like whatever it's like um and yeah I, that's anyway and it's the point is is that it was a really sad situation where this guy was just not good at managing money and i think he had a lawn mowing business and um, wasn't earning too much. And and same way, it's just a nasty cycle that you can find yourself in because yeah. when you overdrafted a bank, and some of these are changing at different banks, but generally speaking, you overdraft a bank by, say, $20, spend more than $20 in your checking account, the bank's going to charge you $30 overdraft fee, oh sometimes gosh. more. Okay, and so now you have to come up with $50 just to get back to zero. Right. Right. So you overspent by twenty, and now you're down fifty mm-hmm. just to get to zero. Yeah. And and anyway, like you know, that's just one example. But like, if your utilities get shut off, okay, we were just you know coaching or you know talking to someone in one of our classes yesterday mm-hmm. who uh, she was saying it's a normal event for them that their lights get shut off. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, most times utility companies they're going to make you pay an extra fee to come back and turn it on. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, it's just another one of those things. And, like, I'm a big fan of bulk shopping at, like, Costco or something like that because that's how you save more money by buying in bulk, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And, um, you know, so buying the big bag of um, whatever potato chips rather than buying all the little bags. Yeah. Um, And so, anyway, that's a better way to do it. But when you are, like, living paycheck to paycheck, check in the narrowest sliver and you're just yeah. really broke like you can't do that it's like i right. gotta buy the minimum thing which yeah. is the least or the worst value just because that's all i can afford right now and mm-hmm. so the point is is that when yeah. you are in this season the odds are stacked against you mm-hmm. like that that's just a fact but it is hard it's unfair but this leads to the next point which is point number three in that you and i we get to pick our hard mm. okay so that is really hard but we For get sure. to decide. It's really hard living like that. It's really hard living broke in that situation. But it's also really hard climbing out of the financial hole. It's really hard to cl- pay off a whole mm-hmm. bunch of debt. You know, so we get to pick which one it is. And because one of them has an end date. Yeah, that's what's beautiful about it. Yeah. One of them is getting better, and the other uh-huh. one's getting worse. Yeah, like if you're in the mess and you just sit there with no attempt to try to climb out, try to fix it. It's only going to get worse, yeah. and it only compounds and ends up being a worse thing mm-hmm. as each passing month or year go by. Yeah. And on the other hand, again, like you're saying, there's an end date. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. They're both hard, and so it's like we get to pick right. which hard we want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why we're so passionate about you know this topic and helping other people in this topic because it is – both roads are difficult and we've lived both roads. We've walked yeah. both roads, you know, and uh, I, I, the thing is, is that when you start making the decision, making better to, to make better decisions, when you're just like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try and climb out of this hole. I actually think you start seeing progress a lot faster than you think you will. Yeah. And even though there's a little bit of this, like, um, yeah, it, it still takes time, but I think when you see the momentum moving in your favor, it excites you and makes you think, oh, I can keep doing this. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, it, it doesn't, I think you don't really see that until you get into it though, where yeah. you think, well, I'm just going to have to take this this long, hard road, you know, to try and dig out of this hole. But really, if you, 
you know, and the, we talk about this a lot, tracking your your AUM, your assets un, under management, and then uh, just watching to see what's going on and then re- revisiting that, like checking in, how are you doing? What is actually, like, are you making any progress? And once you start seeing that you are making progress, it, it's kind of like, oh, well, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I really want to just well, encourage you in that, that it's not actually as hard as you think. And this ties back to the Valley of Disillusionment, that yeah. whole thing, you know, which yeah. we did a podcast episode about this a couple months back. You can look that one up. But but the idea being that we can't we, we cannot accurately view how difficult it will be because mm-hmm. at the beginning it's like oh this is gonna be really easy and then you get into it, it's like oh this is gonna be really hard yeah or vice versa you know it's like we're just not viewing it accurately until we get into it and then it levels out and we begin to see more yeah. accurately but ultimately i agree i feel like things tend to move faster once you're past all that junk and the the yeah. incorrect assumptions like once right. you're past that it just moves faster than you think yeah uh, all right, number four is when there isn't enough money to budget, which I hear a lot from people. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't make enough money to budget. Um, that is when it is the most important thing to do. <laughs> and and it's like, and I hate saying that because people are like, I don't want to hear that, you know. Well, but, it seems the opposite. I get it. Yeah, and my, my question to those people is always the same. Like, what better alternative do you have? Mm-hmm. Because the answer of, well, I'm just not going to do anything. It's like, again, What's the fruit of that decision? Where are you going to be in six months, 12 mm-hmm. months, two years from now with that decision of doing nothing? Yeah. And so, you know, and, and this is another uh, metaphor I use a lot of times. It's like, I imagine being in the middle of a lake in a canoe that's got five holes in it on both ends of the canoe. It's like what you can do, you can sit there and just watch the holes and just sink, go right down in the middle mm-hmm. of the lake, or you can try to plug Two or three of those holes. You're probably not going to be able to plug all of them, but you can try to plug a few of them. And that might just be enough, might slow the leak just enough to yeah. be able to row to the shore mm-hmm. and survive. And that's the same way with our finances. Like if we just attempt to do what we can in terms of budgeting, yeah, uh, that might just be enough to get you up to solid ground and to be able to climb your way out, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. And, I, you know, this is one of those things, too, that I think – is easily dismissed. And so we're just going to beat this drum a little bit more. And, you know, I'm taking this leadership course with the pastor, uh, one of the pastors at my church. And she said, I'm not going to share groundbreaking information. I'm going to give you the basics and the fundamentals. And the reason is because if you have this as a foundation, everything else is easier. Like you can build on it so much easier. And it is true. Like just hearing hearing some of the things she's saying, I'm like, I, you're right. I have heard this before. This isn't just like, oh man, this is blowing my mind. It's it's very much like this is how you build. You know yeah. what I mean? And this is one of those things that you do to build. And we talk about budgeting all the time because it gets results. And if you're wanting results, right? This is just like such a great way to like start getting results and start seeing the progress really quickly. Yeah. So, yeah, check out our Real Money Method course for our approach yes. that uh, worked for us when nothing else did. I'll leave it at that. All right. Number five, working hard is good, but working smart is better. Mm. Uh, I'm really glad I learned this lesson. Both my dad and my grandpa taught me a whole lot about working hard um, in which – 
is a lesson that I think more people need to know. Yeah. Especially now. Especially right now. <laughs> sounding old, but at the sake of sounding old, like I think that that's something that's really, really important. Um, but you, like me, probably know a lot of really hard workers who are still broke, mm. who work really, really hard and are still broke. Yeah. And so working hard alone isn't the answer. Yeah. It's far more important to work on the right thing than to be working hard on the wrong thing. Totally agree. And so, you know, um, one like specific piece of advice I got from a mentor one time. And again, like this is, this was for me. This is not for everyone because mm-hmm. not everyone was called to this. But um, he was talking about, um, he's like, if you really want to be in control of your financial, you know, future, like creating your own business is the thing that is going to give you more control and opportunity to advance mm. yourself. He's like, yeah, you can climb the corporate ladder, but you're always going to be um, limited by whatever the boss ahead of you or whatever else the thing right. is. And there's going to be far more things out of your control. But when you have your own business, your earning potential is so much greater and all kinds of different things. And I, I didn't really understand that at the time. And I, I wanted to start a business and I honestly felt called to. Um, but not everybody is. Like there's plenty of people who are called to support businesses. Not everybody can do that. But um, but I found that to be true. And that was one of those like mental switches where once I got in and started my own business and realized, wait a minute, my income is not tied to the 3% raise I get each year. Mm. And it's like, and when I can see my income double in one year, it's like, it's a paradigm shift for yeah. me. Where it's like, I didn't know this was possible because I came from the world of um, just 3% raises per year is about right. as good as you can expect, you know? Yeah. So, and that's just one example. There's all kinds of different things along these lines of what this looks like to work smart rather than working hard. This Mm -hmm. can be as simple as the actual job you're doing. Can you find a smarter way to do it rather than just working really, really hard at it, you know? Uh, Yeah. So I think you get the point. Yes. Number six, you cannot let being broke define you. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because being broke can be a a temporary condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it can be a belief and a mindset that you carry for your entire life. Yeah. Okay. And so we never want to let our current circumstances affect our beliefs and our mindset mm-hmm. because that makes it really, really hard. Like when your circumstances yeah. are bad, but you have the right mindset, like you will overcome them. Yeah. Uh, but when your mindset is in the gutter and when you believe that I am broke, this is who I'm created to be right. and this is the best it's ever going to be, like that's when... It's really, really hard to break out of that. Well, and it's not the truth of who God made you to yeah. be. I mean, I yeah. we were talking to somebody uh, just last week, I think, that said, I'm in this job and I just feel like I'm spinning my wheels. And my response to that is God did not create you to spin your wheels. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he didn't create us to be in a position where all we're doing is spinning our wheels. And so if we are spinning our wheels... We can evaluate that and figure out, am I in the wrong place? Am I missing something? Is God, does God have something for me here that I just can't see? Like what, why am I here? And, and start asking some of those questions to figure out why you're there because he does not put us in the position where we would just spin our wheels. Yeah. I don't believe that. No, I agree. I agree. Right? Yeah. And like you said, I think there are times, like I've been in seasons where I've felt like that. And sure. looking back, I can see God working in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and honestly, it was just something I needed to pass through. Yeah. Like I needed to go through the hard thing, and he taught me lessons in that. You know, I don't believe that every day in our life is going to be all sunshine and roses. I think we go through challenges. Yeah. Jesus said it's inevitable that we'll bump up against those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so yeah, that's all part of it. But you the know? the see the the seasons are there for a reason. Oh yeah. man, I just rhymed and I didn't mean to do one of those Christian rhymes. <laughs> you nailed it though. <laughs> I nailed it. Uh, but really, I mean, it's there. It has a purpose, and we can find purpose in it, even if it seems to everyone else and even to ourselves a little bit that we're spinning our wheels. Man, God has something for us in that time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just want to encourage you, if you do feel like that, to, to seek the Lord on what is there for you to do. Maybe it's just faithfulness that he's trying to teach you and just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know, but... Yeah, pray yeah, about it and see where pray it's Pray about leading. it for but, sure. But the bottom line is, uh, regardless of if you're in this season, mm-hmm. do not let it define you, right? Absolutely. Because you'll, you'll find these people who, you know... Wealthy people with a wealthy mindset, or it doesn't even matter, someone with a wealthy mindset, regardless of whether they're wealthy or not, maybe they're really, really broke, um, they'll find themselves in a bad situation, and they will find themselves getting out of the situation a whole lot quicker than someone with the belief that mm-hmm. this is who I am, this is, you know, it's their identity, it's yeah. that I am broke, I yeah. that's what I am, okay? And, you know, and I, and I like, come back to, you know, my childhood growing up, like, I have to... Um, yeah, my parents did this really well. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and that was really helpful for me watching them because they went through a tough season, a, you know, an extended season that was challenging, and they were dealt some pretty difficult, you know, financial circumstances. Yeah, but they never let it define them. Mm. And so they kept on working and eventually found themselves in a far better circumstances than I think they ever thought possible. Yeah. Um. So you can't let it define you. All right, number yeah. seven. Hard things make you stronger if you let them. Ooh. So the strongest people that I know are the ones who have gone through something. It's the resistance that str- strengthens us. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all know this. I think we've heard yeah. this. But the, 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 the fact is, is like challenges make us stronger. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember uh, whatever that thing they say about the same sun that melts the wax hardens the clay. Yeah. And so it's up to us how we respond to the challenges that we face. Mm-hmm. You know, so we can allow the challenges that kind of put a chip on our shoulder, or we can see that God might just want to use those challenges, and those experiences, to be a vehicle to help other people deal yeah. with their challenges, similar challenges. You know, well, and, and so, we know we have the promise from God that He works all things out uh, together for our good for yeah. those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And so if we really want to believe the Bible, then we have to believe that the bad things are just, God is just as much in them. He's using them. Yeah. Like we have to believe it. And yeah, and I think age honestly teaches us that a lot. Like I, I think it's a lot easier to to understand it when you've been through it several times <laughs> and you've seen how God has just worked it out. Uh, but man, every single time we get back in there, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it <laughs> a little bit more dramatic than Bob, but a little bit more. <laughs> That's the best joke I've told in a while. I can be, well, leave it at that. The, yeah. Anyway, but, but yeah, I mean, those, those, the, the resistance is what makes you stronger. Like yeah. this is why when you go to the gym, you do the hard thing and it makes you better makes you stronger yeah it doesn't mean you want it doesn't mean you're gonna invite it like uh no one wants to be in a tight financial position no one wants to feel like everything is up against them Mm -hmm. but it's if you allow it to be a redemptive thing that um you know because we talk about this a lot some of our greatest moments with the lord were in our biggest challenges 
And it's just so important for us as Christians to understand that, Mm -hmm. that those are opportunities to connect with God on a level that we couldn't any other way. Mm -hmm. So yes, so true. So if you are going through anything like this, or you know, somebody is, um, Mm -hmm. be encouraged. God's not done with you. Mm -hmm. Like just because you've been going through this, even if it's been a long, long time. Yeah. Don't let this define you. Yep. Okay. Amen. Uh, send this to somebody who needs it. If this found this helpful, send us a DM on Instagram. Yeah. At seed time. Yeah. Send a um, leave a review. Leave a review on iTunes. Yeah. Anywhere on else. All the stuff. All the stuff. You guys are awesome. We appreciate yeah. you. We love you. And um, have a great rest of the day. And yep. We'll see you soon. Bye. All right. We want to know if you've heard about our flagship class called True Financial Freedom. Yeah. And if you haven't, it's more than just a money class. Mm -hmm. It's really about fulfilling your God-given purpose, breaking free from hidden money beliefs and making a lasting impact. Yeah. And we've gotten feedback from students and they've said things like, it is the first class I've taken where at the end of each session, I felt equipped and not burdened. Yeah. And it's less theory and more realistic action steps and guidance. We've also heard it felt like a conversation with friends, which is awesome. Yeah, and it encouraged me in ways I didn't think I would ever experience. This class is on demand, and it's designed for churches and small groups as well as individuals. And you can get all the details at seedtime.com tff.